0: welcome to the social media marketing made simple podcast uncovering the
1: secrets of effortless social media marketing for your business and here is your host
0: Teresa Heath-Waring hello and a super warm welcome to this week's episode of the podcast i hope wherever you are in the world you are having a great week actually saying that has reminded me because this week i was talking to one of my listeners On Facebook Messenger and she was asking me whether I knew what kind of split I had between the UK and America. And I wasn't sure because actually I wasn't sure where I could find that kind of information. And she really kindly put me in touch with a friend of hers that knows a bit about podcasts and also was able to give me a link to somewhere where I could see the kind of breakdown I had. And it was so cool, I have to say to look at it and see that I'd got people listening in America, Australia, obviously here in the UK. And it's just so nice to think that you put some content together, you work really hard on it, and you want people to hopefully take in that content, appreciate that content, and that it benefits them in some way that they would listen. So I am so very grateful that you have decided to pick up this podcast and listen to it. I really do appreciate you being here, and I really hope that you have been enjoying the interviews that we've been doing so far. So far this month, we have had Pat Flynn and Amy Porterfield, which, as I said last week, are like kind of dreams come true for me. And it's funny, I did an Instagram post in the week where I said that success was like buses, that you get nothing for ages and then everything comes along at once, which I am not complaining. I am just kind of blown away recently about some of the amazing things that have happened. One of those things is that I've been invited to do a TEDx talk, which is kind of amazing because this has been on my vision board since I had a vision board, actually, along with lots of other places that I want to speak at. But a TEDx talk was always kind of near the top of the list, because for me, it has real experts. I find TED talks fascinating. I find the people that do them really polished. And the fact that I've been allowed to do one is crazy. Now, I am terrified, by the way, and I'm trying to put together the presentation for it. And I am panicking and having self-doubt and imposter syndrome at every single slide that I am doing because it's something huge and I want to make it really good and I want people to love it. Also, I know that doing a TEDx talk is an amazing opportunity, but I look at that for every opportunity I get. I think to myself that I want to be the best I can possibly be or do the best I can possibly do at every single thing that I'm asked to do or invited to do. So even though TEDx is really high on my list, I think I would care just as much about the smaller things as well. But I do really want this one to be really good. Anyway, on with today's show. So it's still September, which means I still have another interview for you. And this one is a really cool one. They're all cool. I wouldn't bring you anybody that wasn't cool, obviously but I loved doing this one. And in fact, the interview itself was done really late at night because again, I think I mentioned before, lots of people I'm interviewing in the States. So it was about 10 o'clock at night by the time I started the interview and I got off and I was buzzing because, you know, when you do something, you think, I loved that. Every single minute of it, I thought was brilliant. And I'm really hoping that you're going to think the same. So this week, I have the pleasure of introducing the amazing Rick Mulready. Now, I found Rick through Amy Porterfield some years ago, as he is Amy's go-to Facebook ad person. Now, Rick has been in the online marketing space for 18 years and is an industry-leading authority on how to simplify Facebook ads. And that's one of the things I love about Rick. He has this amazing ability to take something that could be quite technical and complicated and make it so simple and straightforward and give you the ability to walk through it step by step. He also is the host of a popular podcast called The Art of Paid Traffic, and they've just gone past their 200th episode. So Rick really is an amazing font of knowledge about Facebook ads in this podcast, we talk about how Rick got to do what he does. We had a chat about what he loves about Facebook ads. And quite frankly, him and I were really geeking out about numbers and how cool Facebook ads are and what they can do for your business. And then we had a really interesting chat about him and how he deals with not only anxiety, but perfectionism when we're in a business where you put yourself on camera and effectively leave yourself open to be criticised and judged. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I thought it was a great one. I won't wait any further, and I will introduce the awesome Rick Mulready. Rick, I am so happy to welcome you here on this episode of the podcast. I am so excited to have you with me. Welcome. I'm I'm honored to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Teresa. I have been really lucky that I've seen Rick talk. I followed him for quite some time. And I remember seeing you or hearing you, more likely, on Amy's podcast. And thinking to myself, and I was driving, and it was one of those moments when you're like, I haven't got a pen, I need to remember this guy's name, <laughs> because you were just talking so much sense on a subject that a, I haven't really found anybody who was really good at it, or said it in a way that, you know, we could understand. So yeah, I found you really quickly and I followed you and I've loved your stuff ever Thank since. Thank you. I
1: really appreciate that.
0: No worries. But for my audience, if they haven't come across you before, and I have mm-hmm. mentioned you, in fact, really quickly, I did a talk at Converted in Minneapolis last mm-hmm. year for lead pages, and mm-hmm. you were in my presentation because...
1: I, that's right, too. You, you mentioned that to me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. When that. we met, yeah. yeah. So
0: I name-dropped you there, and I know I've name-dropped you before, <laughs> but if my audience haven't heard of you... Rick, tell me a bit about how you got into doing what you're doing and how you got here today.
1: Yeah. So I come from a corporate background. I was in uh, online advertising for, how long was I doing that? For 12 and a half years before I left the corporate world. So I started back in the, I I like to call them the wild west days of the internet, where (laughs) I started back at AOL on the East coast um, of the States here. And, uh, I was in the online, uh, or the advertising quote unquote operations team. So I started out as somebody who implemented all the ad deals that the sales team was selling. And then pretty quickly I was, uh, managing the team. So I was one of the managers for, for a couple of the people. And then it kind of progressed from there. And then before I knew it, it was me and one other guy who was, we managing about 40 people total. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first sort of, uh, introduction, if you will, to online advertising, and this is still back in the days where when I first started, I remember they were still sending out those discs, the AOL discs with the annoying, you know, oh, yeah. connection sound and everything yeah. like that. And, and so um, this was a, a lot too before there was any kind of regulation or standardization of, of, of advertising. So I just got to see things really early on. Also, way back when things were just measured by click through rate that was it. It was just like, that was the measure of success. Like, wow. like how was the click through rate? And uh, I did that for, I was at AOL for five years. Then I moved out here to the West Coast. I worked for Yahoo for a couple of years, worked for Funny or Die for uh, for about a year. And so a lot of different companies in the online advertising space over a, about a 12 and a half year uh, period. And so starting in 2000, here we are, in almost the fall of 2018. I've been doing this now for almost 19 years in the online advertising space. And I I love, I mean, obviously I love this space. The whole world of online marketing and advertising is just, I love it. And I can talk about it for days. (laughs) I've just seen so many different iterations of it and also worked in so many different parts of it from back in AOL was just like standard banner ads. And, you know, things got a little bit crazy when we were doing like animated GIFs. That sort of thing. You were were (laughs) like, I'm changing the world here. (laughs) Exactly. And then, you know, and then when I was at Yahoo years later, you know, then it was more like we called it rich media where there were um, interstitials and things moving around the screen and all that type of stuff and search and... And then when I was at Funny or Die, this was a branded entertainment. So these are big production videos that are that we partner with brands on and stuff like that. And I did contextual advertising at another company. So I've just kind of seen the whole gamut of online advertising and online marketing and what, you know, what works for big brands and and you know what the accessibility, I guess you'd call it for small businesses. And that was really the the reason, or that was a reason why I got into Facebook ads Yeah, was because I was at these big corporate jobs and, and companies working with and for some of the biggest brands in the world. Mm. But I was also, number one, I was starting to get an itch of, all right, I want to do something else. I want to do my own thing. I want to get out of mm-hmm. corporate. I didn't really know what that was. But what I was seeing though, this was around 2010 or so, I was seeing what was happening on Facebook and I was seeing the ability for small businesses to market themselves on a platform that wasn't costing them a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of, because of my advertising background, I gravitated towards the advertising side of Facebook and I just, I dove in, in 2010, I said, you know what, I want to, I need to figure out something. I want to leave the corporate world. I don't know what that looks like. I don't even know what, I've never been an entrepreneur. I've never run my own Mm -hmm. business or anything like that. But I knew I had this itch to do something like that. And so I said, you know what? This is sort of what's in front of me right now from a Facebook ads perspective. Let's try it out. And so I dove in, started teaching myself, started running some campaigns. I ran some campaigns for friends. And so long story short is I left the corporate world in 2012, in the fall of 2012, Mm -hmm. fumbled around for 15 months, had no idea what I was doing. And then finally um, got some coaching, got some direction in January of 2014, and started the business that I have that I have now. We've been growing okay. um, over the past uh, full uh, almost five years now because we're yeah. we're at the end of August here, so a little over four and a half years, and things have been awesome. It's been an amazing ride.
0: That's so cool, and. And actually, one thing that I find really interesting, because your story is uh, fairly similar in the sense that I came from corporate as well, and in fact, I was listening this morning to uh, I don't know whether you know Carrie Green she's a female entrepreneur association yep and she I was just listening to her audiobook, and she was saying, you know from a really young age, I'd I started my own business, and then I was listening to something from James Wedmore the other week as well, and he was saying the same, and I was mm-hmm. thinking Do you know what I never did like. And I don't know about you, but I never had the, the inclination at all for a long time.
1: Yeah. I was just talking about this this morning with somebody else. Like, I don't come from an entrepreneurial family. No. Um, no. My dad was an auto mechanic. My mom, when I was growing up, was a pediatric nurse and then later uh, a children's librarian. So I don't come from that entrepreneurial background. However, when I was a young kid, I was best friends with a kid in my neighborhood who did have that entrepreneurial Kind of he wanted to do his own yeah. thing. And so we used to do, <laughs> I was just, I recently told my wife this. She's like, she thought it was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> we used to dig up dirt and sift it like this in like wire mesh. okay. And then we used to put it in little Ziploc bags and take it around to homes in the neighborhood and sell what we called sifted sand. <laughs> and we, we would position it like this was great to, to grow plants in, you know, Very like, good. yeah, like, we always got like the pity dime from people, but they were just like throwing in the trash right after that. <laughs> and it didn't uh,
0: take off, Rick. I don't understand. It did not take <laughs> off.
1: No, we did not end up selling that business or anything like that. <laughs>
0: it's really uh, weird.
1: <laughs> we would hold magic shows at his house and we would invite neighborhood kids like, you know, to, to, they would have to pay to come or Brilliant. I remember we we would do like, Halloween haunted houses in his basement and <laughs> white neighborhood kids, but you know, even though I was part of these little entrepreneurial ventures that we were doing, it wasn't dry, it wasn't driven from me like it wasn't yeah. like the, these were driven from him, you know, as I think back on it now, it's like, yeah, that could play in a little bit and like, oh, this is what it's like to do our own thing, but yeah, yeah, these were definitely coming from him, and he's since gone on to you know, he started his own business and done really, really well for himself. Yeah. But for the most part, the entrepreneurial stuff, like yeah. I don't come from that's the type of, uh, you know, my family was, was not that, yeah. um, from the entrepreneurial side. So I don't know. I, I think it's just more of like, I've always been one to want to do my own thing. You know, I grew up in New Hampshire, went away to school in Virginia. So I went away 500 miles from home oh my and then, you know, lived in Virginia for 15 years Then moved out to the West coast and all my family is in, is in New Hampshire. And so I've always kind of been that adventurous kind of want to do my own thing. But at the same time, I just, I don't know, really know where it came from. I just want to want to do my own thing, want to create, uh, and work on things that I want to work on and and serve people in a, in a greater way.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. I was thinking about, you know, calling myself like the accidental entrepreneur or something because, Mm -hmm. and I don't know about you, for a long time, I couldn't even call it myself. To see myself as an entrepreneur, it wasn't even a word that entered my head because I was just doing what I guess I'd always done, but doing it for myself rather than Mm -hmm. doing it for a business. So I think it's really interesting. And actually, you and I had a conversation when we did meet in San Diego about coaching. So it's interesting that you said Mm -hmm. you got your coach because I actually asked you a question about, would you pay... For a coach, do you Mm -hmm. think you should have a coach? And you said to me, everyone should have a coach. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and actually, you know, I'm not blaming you for this, Rick. But I'm just saying that I now have a coach who I love (laughs) and is amazing. And yeah, and she's awesome. And I get it, and I see it. But actually, one thing that I think. I love having a better coach and maybe this has helped you as well is that I needed the help on me and working on me as an entrepreneur yeah. rather than I didn't need the help doing marketing or social media because that's what I knew how to do. You know, yeah. I was kind of the, the technician in the business, whereas mm-hmm. I needed the help stepping out into being that entrepreneur person.
1: Totally. And one of the first two things I'll never forget. So my first coach was James Wedmore. And you know, I'm, I'll never forget That's not the bad. First, first coach, is it? Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't say that he's the second coach. Okay. He was the one though, that really helped me take things off or helped me to get things Often running quickly in January 2014. But I remember sitting down with him the first time and, and he said, well, why do you think you've not made any money over the past, since you left the corporate world? And that was 15 months, you know, so almost, yeah. in almost a year and a half, I really hadn't made hardly any money. And I said, ah, I, I don't know, like, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I don't, I'm just trying to think about this. And James is very good at not telling you the answer, but leading you to the answer yeah. and letting you figure it out yourself. And I'm like, uh, why haven't I made any money? I don't know. Oh, I haven't sold anything or I have nothing to sell. <laughs> and I'm like, he's like, ding, oh. ding, ding. ding. Okay, cool. And then, so once we, once we realized that, you know, talking about like working on yourself, the second thing was, was in, and so he said to me, I'll never forget. He said, if you were to teach me one thing right now, If Mm -hmm. you could help me do one thing in my business right now, what would it be? I was like, oh, Facebook ads. You know, it was like, boom, done. Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. Why aren't you doing that on a greater scale? And my thing was, was... Who am I to be teaching Facebook ads? You know, mm-hmm. this is January 2014, so a little over four and a half years ago. And there's Mari Smith and Amy Porterfield, yeah. who you've had here on yeah. the show. I was like, these amazing people are teaching it. Who the heck am I to be yeah. doing it? Yes, I, I had a corporate online advertising background and know the online marketing space inside and out, but in my mind, it was different when it came to my own business. And so those were the first two things that I needed to overcome. Number one, I needed something to sell. And number two, I had to get over the fact that why not be like, yeah. who am I not yeah. to be teaching this stuff? And so it's a great point that you bring up as far as why, why having a coach or one reason why having yeah. a coach is so important.
0: It's really awful that we doubt ourselves like that. But like you said, I think sometimes in industries where, and in our industry, boy, there are a lot of people, you know, every man and his dog does social media. Yeah. Um, and you look at these other people and like you said, you think they're doing it. I don't need to do that. And what was interesting, actually, when you should bring Mari up is when I first started, Mari was one of the go-to people. And I went and did some training with her and bought an online course or whatever it was. And yet, When you came along, I suddenly went, oh, that's different. And actually, I really liked what you were saying. I really liked your style. So if you had sat there and said to yourself, oh, Mari's doing it, I'm not going to do it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with what Mara's doing at all. It was just, you said it differently. You might've done it differently. Was there ever any thought that you might choose something else? Like I am a huge Facebook ads fan. I much mm-hmm. prefer it over Google ads. I much prefer it over, you know, I've done a bit of LinkedIn. I didn't think that was very good. I've tried Twitter, didn't think that was very good. So mm-hmm. Facebook ads for me is, is really big. I love it. Yeah. Is there any doubt that you would pick that over something else?
1: No, not up to this point. And I, I answer that way because who knows what it's going to be mm-hmm. in two years or three yeah. years from now, Yeah, I mean, there could be something that, that else could, that comes along yeah. and yes, I'm known as, you know, the Facebook ads guy, if you will. But at the same time, my gift that I've realized that I've, that I have, that I have no idea where it came from, but I just, it's kind of my superpower is mm-hmm. I'm able to break down complex things and simplify them for people and say, look, this is why it's important. This is what you do. And this is how you go implement it in your business and how Mm -hmm. it's going to help you. And so Facebook ads are a big (laughs) complex thing to so many people. But with that said, who knows what it's going to be in two years. It might be a platform that's not even around right now. Mm -hmm. And the ability to, to market yourself on that platform is amazing. Okay, cool. So, my whole goal is to to help and impact as many online experts and Facebook ad managers and help them grow their businesses so that they're able to help so many other people of their customers as well. And so, if that's better done by another platform down the road, then I'm going to break that down for people and and show them how to simplify that and, and, and use that in their business. But, you know, up until now, no, it's been... It's been all Facebook, and, and and at this point now, I kind of I group Instagram into Facebook. You know, yeah, from an yeah. ad, from an advertising yeah, perspective. Absolutely. I group it in together. And for the past, since I've you know, been doing this now, so I've been doing Facebook ads now for a little over eight and a half years, it is still by far the most cost-effective and efficient yeah. platform to be marketing your business on. You know, mm-hmm. Even though costs have gone up, yes, it's been more expensive, it is still hands down the most cost-effective and efficient platform. Like I said, yeah. if something changes in two years or whatever that might be, you know, we'll be ready for it. But that, that's not changing right now.
0: And I think as well, the skills that you're putting into building a Facebook ad. So I know that you'll talk about the fact that, you know, you've got to know that audience. You've got yep. to understand who they are. Cause if you don't, then yeah. that is like first hurdle you've just fallen. <laughs> um, and then things like when you're putting the ad together, what language are you using? What image are you using? What, what are you saying to that audience? Where actually should you be saying something different? And And I think the actual technical bit of it, which is obviously you have a really good skill of teaching it. Mm -hmm. If you had to take those skills, you could easily transfer them to a different program or a different platform. If it became the platform to be on.
1: It's what most people get wrong, if you will, when it comes to Facebook ads, because they think that the way that you to to be successful with Facebook ads is how you set everything up and, you know, in working ads manager. And of course that's important. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's, there's complete truth to that. However, to your point, Teresa, there's this whole foundation of marketing, right? Like how do you understand your target audience? What is the offer? Like, how do you, Mm -hmm. how how are you positioning yourself? How are you communicating that? Like that is the fundamental stuff that is going to be relevant in marketing your business, regardless of whether you're using Facebook ads or some other platform, Snapchat, whatever it is that you've got to know the fundamentals and you've got to don't skip those steps because so many people just want to dive in and say, okay, I want to go do Facebook ads mm-hmm. and they dive in and start doing it, which I love. I love the action taking, but you've got to stop and make sure that you understand your target audience, understand what your offer is. How are you communicating it? And just, you know, what is the voice? What does the copy look like? And that's, that's fundamentals of, of mm-hmm. marketing. That's, mon, far, mar, fu, I almost said marketing, Marketing 101. <laughs> marketing fundamentals we 101.
0: We a new word. We did. <laughs> we did. Say that. We'll confuse everybody. They'll pay you loads of money because they wonder what you're exactly. talking about. That word? <laughs> well, I can tell you it's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. Yep. But yeah. These, Like you said, these are basics and things that so many people either A, don't give time to or mm-hmm don't think of that important you know you must see this a lot and i see it a lot that people just hit that boost button and go well i did a bit of facebook advertising didn't really work for me so therefore it's rubbish
1: yeah yeah they have no strategy behind it you know there's no strategy behind it and and strategy is how do i take somebody from not knowing who i am to becoming a paying customer how do i take cold traffic and turn them into warm and hot traffic if you will again fundamental yeah. marketing stuff here. And most people, you're right, hit that, hit that boost post button and it does have its place, but most people are doing it just so that more people can see their stuff. Like that's the reason most people tell me and you know, like, okay, all well and good, but what's the strategy behind it? Why are you doing it? That's the most important
0: thing. Yeah, And you know what? If it's literally, you want eyes on it then fair enough, I guess. If it doesn't matter which eyes, not the best strategy, but if that's your objective, then you've mm-hmm. hit your objective. But if you want a much smarter objective underneath that or you want it to do something specifically, then yeah. you need to think about it. Yeah, so- exactly.
1: If somebody says like, look, I want to I want to boost this post because I want more people to see it, And the reason for that is because I'm building engagement audiences of people who are looking at my content or viewing my posts on Facebook so that I can retarget them with XYZ offer. Okay, cool. Now we have a strategy. Mm -hmm. But most people don't think through to that extent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, because obviously you came from corporate and Mm -hmm. as I did, I had huge budgets for marketing, which... Yeah you know, wouldn't you love that in your own business now, but did you feel at any point that, or did you struggle with the transition to go from huge budgets down to teeny tiny? Because when a business is starting out, and I don't know about you, but if someone says, I want to do Facebook ads, I literally Mm -hmm. say to them, start on five pound a day for Mm -hmm. seven days and test it, then do another chunk, test it, then another chunk. And then when you start to kind of realize what that's doing for you, then by all means you can upscale as much as you like, but keep that budget low. So did you, Mm -hmm. did you have trouble going from that kind of mindset of, I need a budget of this to have this, or was it kind of fairly easy?
1: I actually didn't have any challenges there. And, you know, eight and a half years ago, this is only when pretty much they had the right hand column ad the like the little tiny image. Um, and you know, the, the costs were super low. This is way before conversions or any of yeah. the objectives and stuff like that. This is like just driving traffic. And so the cost per click was so low that it was like, all right, like we can do this, you know, really cheaply. So I didn't have a tough time transitioning with that. But that is one of the myths is that they, people have to spend a lot of money in order to see results on their Facebook ads. Even with the increased cost, you still don't have to, to spend a lot of money yeah. to do it. I'm, I'm actually not teaching a whole lot these days of like $5 a day just because the costs have gone up a little bit. And if you're looking for conversions, you know, it really is about reaching as many people as you possibly can to give the algorithm time to, and data to work with. But with that said, I'm still, I would say, you know, look, if you're just starting out and your budget's low, 10 bucks a day, $10 a day, you know, and run it for seven days and see what happens. You know, like you can, you'll know pretty quickly within a week's time, whether you're hitting on something. And then to, to your point, Teresa, exactly right. You just build from there. So, That's the whole idea is like build a momentum, snowball from there. As you start to see results, as you start to see some revenue and profit coming in, just keep putting it back in your ads and keep building from there.
0: I'm interested to know, do you think that you can intelligently predict what you can expect from an ad? Because in my head, when people say to me, well, what would I expect for that? I kind of go, how long's a piece of string? There are yeah. so many variables to every single ad, even down to... Is it a particular time of month? Is it Valentine's and everybody's trying to target men? Mm-hmm. What copies on there? What image? What? What's your target audience? There are so many variables that if someone yep. came to me saying, I want to do this type of ad to these type of people, what could I expect? Do you think you could kind of intelligently go, this is what you could expect? Or are you really like, you've got to try it?
1: It really, I mean, I mean I've been doing this long enough so that I can, I, I have, you know, somewhat of an idea of what one might be able to expect, but, but it all depends on so many things like you mentioned, like yeah. what niche are they in? What are they marketing? Is it, an, is it a, a free lead magnet? You know, is it a webinar? Is it a video series? Are you sending somebody to a direct sale that's inexpensive? Like w- you're right, what, what time of year is it? Like there's so yeah. many different factors there, but I mean, I could, give, I could give a rough estimate, you know, to people depending on like uh, how much information that, that they're going to give yeah. me. But with that said, people do want like, well, what can I expect? Well, you know, you just got to try it. You just got to test it out and see what that's, that's the thing is that people try this out. And like using the example that we just said, it's like, all right, if I want to do $10 a day for seven days. Yeah. And if it didn't work, people like throw their arms up and say, well, Facebook ads suck and they don't work. Yeah. Well, you only test it for $70. Yeah. And you. You only test for a week. Okay. It's like test something else or change an element here, or this is online advertising. The, the, the art of this whole thing, which is why I named the podcast, the art of paid traffic is that it is an art. You got to test different things to find out what works. And then from there you keep going, but it's the people that are willing to do that are going to win. Right. But again, you, you don't have to start out with a lot of money.
0: No. And, and I think that's kind of the beauty of it, isn't it? That like you said, when I go in and speak to people about traditional marketing, you know, a print, something, just think, okay, so how much are you paying for someone to design it? How much is you paying for someone to put it in the magazine or the paper or whatever? And then when do you decide that that doesn't work? Because by then you've spent all your money. Whereas with Facebook ads, the beauty of it is that if something isn't working, once you've given it a decent testing bedtime, mm-hmm. you can turn it off. You know, you don't have yeah. to suddenly hemorrhage. Five thousand pounds on right. an ad and go, "Oh, it didn't work at all, you know you can be working up to that, and then obviously, the other thing that you can be doing, which I know that you advocate a lot, is is split testing and is, yeah totally is checking and tweaking and moving and, and just seeing what difference that makes to your ads.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a puzzle, right? And you're trying to move the pieces around to figure out what, where the pieces fit together, mm-hmm. meaning like, okay, this is the target audience that we're going to, we're going to start testing out. This is the offer that we're going to make. This is the image. This is the copy. And you're trying to find out what resonates the most with that mm-hmm. target audience. Right. And it's, yeah, it is a game. It's just, and you've got to be willing to play the game if you want to be successful here.
0: Yeah. So I get really excited when I talk about Facebook ads. This is so mm-hmm. sad, honestly. But like, and when i not I talk sad. about this all day And when I talk about pixels and things, and, and people, you literally see some people go, What? It doesn't yeah. work. And that yeah. blows my mind. I love how smart the world is now. Because mm-hmm. from a marketer point of view, I like numbers. I really love to get that funnel number and go, Okay, the reach was this, the clicks were this, the conversions yep. were this, the email opens, email clicks. You know, I love to. To see those numbers what bit of facebook ads makes you like proper happy like i know that's really sad <laughs> like it's, what bit do you just love
1: it's actually that what you just described i love looking at an entire funnel mm. and diagnosing where the breakdowns are like yeah. i love looking because what most people do is they look at the facebook ad and they stop there they'll say oh you know, these are my stats for the ad. And then this is my landing page stat, like the, the, the conversion landing page. And then that's it. Whereas you've got to look at the entire funnel. You've got to look at the entire strategy here and Mm -hmm. break down. Okay. All right. Well, yes. What are the stats for your Facebook ads? Okay. They're pretty good. Okay, cool. Now your landing page is converting at 35%. Okay. Awesome. Not seeing any red flags here. What's the next step in your funnel? And then the next step and the next step and then looking at the entire thing to try to diagnose where the problem is quote unquote problem. And then what that's going to allow you to do is like, okay, we need to hone in on this one area. Mm-hmm. So like a webinar funnel, for example, I love to look at that because there's so many different factors that you yeah. can look at and like you could have the, the, the greatest everything, but if people are only staying on 40% of your webinar, okay, there's a yeah. problem right there. Because like all the platforms these days tell you when people are dropping off yeah. and it's like, oh, People are dropping off at the 40-minute mark or whatever. Then you can say, well, what's happening at the 40-minute mark? What am I talking about at that point? And so – I need to correct that. And so I just love that. I love that whole thing. Yeah. I would say a, a very close part two to this whole thing is I love looking at the the, the fundamental stuff that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Understanding, like figuring out the target audience and what types of offers that could we make for that audience and what is the strategy that we're going to use and t- to test out and, and to mm-hmm. try to get them to, through the funnel. You know, I love all that stuff. And, and <laughs> because I get about all day long. It's awesome. Um,
0: And do you know what? It is awesome. And I know I I feel a bit geeky talking about it and being so excited about it, but Mm. I am genuinely sort of blown away by the fact that we are in so much control of each step. And what's yeah. interesting is people don't often think, like, I, you know, I've had people come and go, well, you know, so I want to do Facebook ads. And I'm like, okay, so where are you going to send them? And they're like, well, you know, that doesn't matter. And it's like, no, 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 that totally matters. If they're landing on a page and that page does not resonate with what they're expecting, if that page does not have the same tone of voice or the same branding or have the same offer as the ad had, yeah, going to completely kill your funnel. You know, yeah. you might have the best click-through rate in the world. However, your conversion rate is going to absolutely bomb.
1: Yeah. And we, you know, being so close to it and geeking out, we take it for granted that yeah. like, what do you mean you don't know that? You know, like my, my wife gets served all kinds of baby clothes posts and ads and stuff in, in Instagram now and she was showing me a super cute little outfit for having a baby girl and this, this super cute little baby girl outfit. And so I was like, Oh, I want, I clicked on it. Cause I was like, Oh, I want, I want to know a little bit more information. And so I clicked on it and it took me to their, like their entire product page. It was like, yeah. I don't know how, how many, 30 different products on there. And I was like, wait a minute, wait, this is marketing 101. I think it was like a I don't know, a pair of little shoes or something like that. Yeah. Don't take me from like one, one promotion for this or for, I should say a promotion for one thing, click on it and then take me to a page where there's 60 things on there. Yeah, I had to like thumb through the whole page to find what I was like. That's just the worst experience ever. Yeah. And like, that, like that's 101. You know what I mean? It's just like, come on guys, really? Like this is basic stuff.
0: And I think if you want anybody to do anything, you've got to make it the most simple and yeah. straightforward process. Yep. You know, people are, uh, I joke, which is really mean that people are a bit lazy and sometimes a bit stupid. And I don't know if that people really are, you, but I just think <laughs> they are, their lives are going at a hundred miles an hour now, and all yeah. you need to do is go, I want you to do this this is how to do it in the yeah. most simplest form. And like you said, if you've then had to go and search through to find that same thing, yeah, any number of things could have stopped you from doing that. You could have looked at that page and gone, I can't be bothered. You could have got to that page, got distracted and had to come off anything. And whereas mm-hmm. if they just put it there straight away or even better <laughs> moving forward with looking at messenger ads and things, if you can complete purchases through it and stuff, mm-hmm. wow, you know, that's the way to do it.
1: And being the marketing snob that I am, like that was a complete turnoff, you know? And and even, even Amy, my wife was, was just like, well, that's a bad user experience. Totally. Totally it is. And like, for that reason, like I did find them and I looked at them, but I was just like, this is just like, it just didn't feel good. Like it wasn't a good user experience. We're like, all right, we'll keep moving on here.
0: Yeah. And I love this actually, Rick. What this is doing is I think sometimes when people talk about I'm an ad person or I'm a tech person or I'm a this person, Mm. it's like they put themselves in this box. And some people don't think outside that box. They don't think as an ad person, you could quite rightly, I suppose, not very morally, but you could go, okay, I've put together this ad, the ad is perfect and not think about have they got the audience right? And what page am I sending you to? And this is where you differ. This is where, when you are teaching Facebook ads and when you're talking about Facebook ads for business, it's a whole process and, and the success of it has got to include that whole process.
1: It, it has to. I can't tell you how many conversations I have. And I always kind of laugh when someone comes to me and says, you know, they're asking questions or whatever, and maybe, maybe, maybe asking them like, why didn't you join my program? Or why didn't you join my group? Whatever, whatever it is. And that's generally how it happened. They're like, well, I'm an advanced... I'm an advanced Facebook marketer. Okay, cool. Well, you were obviously here though, for some reason in the beginning, you were obviously looking for something. So I always take that as a challenge to kind of like dig deeper. Nine times out of 10, I would say, yeah, nine times out of 10, this this happens so often. It comes back to what you were exactly what you were just saying, Teresa. It's the fundamental stuff. And it's like, and, and, you know, I don't say I don't say this to them because I'm a nice guy, but I'm like, I'm thinking what I'm thinking, though, is like, really, you call yourself an advanced Facebook marketer, yeah. Facebook advertiser. And yet the thing that's holding you up from getting success is because you don't truly understand that target audience, whether it's for your own business or, or for your client's business. Yeah, totally. that's what's holding you up. Like if you told me, oh, I, I couldn't scale my ads because I was trying this strategy, that's a different story. But if mm-hmm. you're telling me like a basic fundamental stuff of marketing, like that drives me crazy because I want people to be thinking about that stuff before they even get into ads manager. Yeah. like You've gotta have the, the basics down first.
0: And I did um, a great experiment actually, and I think it was something that Amy suggested on Courses at Convert, where she talked about interviewing your ideal customer and getting on a Zoom call, and I recorded those Zoom calls, and I had them tell me, what they needed, what they wanted. But then I asked them to use words like, I sort of said some, how do you feel about that? How does that make you feel? Or what do you think when you think of this or mm-hmm. when you need this? Or how do you feel about your business? Or how do you feel about the future? What would you want in the future? And, and I really kind of dug deep into all those words. And and I put together, I spent ages actually, and it's one of the first big things I've done for me, which is, and I always find it funny when you do stuff for yourself, it's always a bit different, isn't it? When you do it for the people, it's like, oh, I'm disjointed from that, so that's okay. And I was um, and I was putting together this lead magnet and I had these checklists and I spent a really long time on the ad. And in fact, I recorded a video for the ad. I did a video of me stood there introducing who I was and explaining what the lead magnet was and encouraging them to obviously go and sign up. And then we did an image ad. So no picture of me, just a picture of the checklist. Mm -hmm. And I've got a guy called Steve who works with me, who helps me with Facebook ads. And I kind of tend to leave it to them when it's my stuff. It's like, I don't want anything to do with it. And we set these ads going and we did a lot of split testing and we were tweaking and I spent a long time on the copy trying to kind of really get into the person we were talking to and we manage, and I am like blown away by this. I'm almost saying this just so that you'll say, oh, well done. <laughs> this is really sad. But I managed to get a conversion rate on a lead magnet of 39p. Nicely done. Like- Honestly, I was like, I can't even normally get a click-through rate of 39 feet, let alone a conversion rate. And then my lead page, um, my landing page was a 68% conversion. Like, honestly, I was blown away. But I spent the best part of easily a couple of months thinking and planning and working it out and really like, like you said, you know, the tech bit in the middle, I actually left mostly up to Steve and kind of said, Mm -hmm. okay the ad together, but here's all the elements, sure. and this is who we're targeting, and this is what I want to target. But you know, it's all those other things that, as you kind of build them all together, that's, I guess for me, that's what made it as successful as it was. I wasn't expecting it to be that successful. In fact, I was kind of gobsmacked, if I'm honest. Um, and you know, I agree. I, I used a bigger budget. I used sort of. I, I think I was doing like twenty pounds a day. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting because actually now that might make me think differently about saying you can start so low.
1: Yeah. I mean, for, for a number of different reasons, like number one is for, as I mentioned before is the algorithm, especially on a conversions campaign, it's, it's all about reach, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the greater number of people that you can reach, it gives the algorithm more data to work with, to find you those people who are going to be converting the, but number two is, you know, the, it, when you choose conversions as your objective, the Facebook wants you to get somewhere between 35 and 50 conversions per week per ad set. And so, you know, so if, if you are, um, you know, if you are spending, you know, it's just, then it becomes just a math game, you know, like, okay, if I need to get 50 conversions, um, 50 conversions in a week and let me keep, let's just keep it really simple. If I need to get 35 conversions in a week, that means I need to get five conversions a day. And if my leads are costing me $5, well, mm-hmm. I need to be spending at least $25 a day. Like, it's just a math thing. Yeah, And so you know it'd be obviously that that figuring that out becomes much easier when you know what your lead cost yeah, roughly yeah. should be and if when people are starting out you know they don't necessarily know that they're like I have no idea how much lead mm-hmm. cost is going to be but that's just another reason why you know the platform has changed and you do need to be spending a little bit more money but again you can be testing for the types of smaller budgets that we that we just you know mm-hmm. that we talked about that we talked about earlier
0: but that's a really good point and also they've got the new learning thing now haven't they where facebook is learning and and it l- likes you to leave it how do you feel about that well it's, a bit of a- it's it's actually
1: it's it's always been that way okay. it really it, they've just labeled it now like ah, it's they've just called it the learning phase when it was always going on in the background anyway yeah. Where you need to be leaving your, like once you start your ads, you've got to let your ads run for at least three days to let the algorithm, as I say, like kind of do its thing, right? You got to get into the algorithm and the learning phase, you know, they'll, they'll be up there for like, say three to five days or so. Um, again, depending on how many conversions that you're getting, if, if conversions are your objective, it's always been that way. They just labeled it now and it's like, okay, they're calling a learning phase. So whatever, it's fine. It yeah. did confuse a whole lot of people. They're like, wait, mm-hmm. what does this mean? Like, yeah. this, why is this out there? Is there something wrong?
0: It's <laughs> almost like now uh, they're encouraging you not to turn it off. It's almost like that is the thing that says, oh, if it's saying learning phase, you can't turn it off because we're still learning. Whereas, yeah. like you yeah. said, it was always worth keeping it for a length of time anyway, mm-hmm. because you kind of knew it needed to, I kind of say bed in or whatever. I wasn't really entirely sure what I was saying, but mm-hmm. I knew it had to kind of sit around for a few days in order to understand what it was doing before you could get some real results from it
1: yeah totally totally yeah it's there it's always i mean it's there now it's really always been
0: doing that in the background anyway they just labeled yeah, it now. Yeah. yeah they like to do these things just to confuse us like they, they like to change things all the time. They do. use the hell out of us. Keep, keep us on our toes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, Rick, I could talk about Facebook ads all day with you, but I know I'm conscious of time and there's a couple other things I want to talk to you about sure. before we finish. So we might have to have like another specific Facebook ads. That's um, cool. We can special, do that. I just love this stuff. <laughs> um, so not long ago, you had 200, was, was it 200 episodes of your podcast? Yep. yep. Yeah, Which is kind of cool. I have to say when I hear these milestones of people, I just think, oh my gosh, you know, I can't imagine getting to that point. Um, And in your two hundred episode, you had Amy Porterfield, not Amy, Mm -hmm. your wife, uh, interview you, which is a common mistake people make. (laughs) I do.
1: I always have to clarify Amy, my wife, (laughs) not Amy, my work wife, Amy Porterfield. (laughs) For those who don't, if if, if they've heard Amy on this show before um, on this podcast here, Amy is one of my very closest friends. So, Without, and, I have to clarify, Amy,
0: which Amy I'm talking about a lot. Yeah, and that is a cool partnership. I have to say you two She's are right. like a powerhouse <laughs> of kind of online digital marketing. So <laughs> but she interviewed you for your 200th episode. Yeah, she You talked yeah. about things that are a little bit more out of your comfort zone. You know, you yes, definitely were excellent coming on camera and talking about what you do and Facebook ads, but it always is kind of. A little bit terrifying putting you and yourself and your yeah. real self, mm-hmm. you know, out there into the world. So first off, congratulations on the fact that you're going to be a dad soon. Thank you. Thank that you. So cool and very exciting. And your wife Amy is beautiful. So oh, thank you. I can only imagine this little girl is going to be just <laughs> an absolute gem, honestly. I appreciate so, that. So yeah, and we were just talking before we came on that you're in a new office because obviously yeah. the baby's having your office. Yes,
1: um, my office is converting. We're, we're converting it slowly right now, but I need to get out of there. I was like, we got three months left. we got to get on this here. Yeah, <laughs> this
0: is really, really exciting stuff. So huge congratulations on that. Thank you. And the other thing you talked about, which I just wanted to pick up on was in the episode, you mentioned the fact that you had had anxiety and also mm-hmm. that you had real issues with being a perfectionist. and. I was fascinated to hear that because A, from an outsider looking in, and I know it's never that simple, but you're very confident on camera. You go on Insta stories an awful lot and have consistently gone on more than most people, I would say, actually over time. When I've watched you and lots of other people, you're the one who are kind of consistently on talking to camera all the time. And I was just really interested in how you manage to do that and also run your business because perfectionism is... Probably one of the worst traits to ever have, especially if you are trying to run a business, because nothing is ever going to be perfect. So
1: it's the, it's the enemy of growth, for yeah, sure.
0: Totally.
1: We could talk about we could talk about a whole episode about this stuff here. Um, first of all, I appreciate you saying that about you know how I show up on on camera. Yeah. I've worked I've worked at it a lot. It's it's one of those things where. I still have a hard time. Like I have an easier time getting up on stage in front of a thousand people and speaking than I do just grabbing my my friggin' phone here and hitting record on Insta Story. You know, doing a story. Yeah. Like I, I literally think. have a harder time that uh, doing that. Um, it's weird. It really is weird. I, and it's different dynamic. I, yes. I haven't quite figured that out. What I've learned though, is that, and a lot of it's based on feedback from people, you know, like, mm-hmm. so hearing you say like, you know, you're great on Insta story, you're great on video, you know, I really appreciate that. And it makes it easier for me to, when I'm having those anxious moments of like, mm-hmm. number one, I'm nervous to do this. Or number two, like, oh, that wasn't bad. I'm going to just keep deleting this 15 times until I get it right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hearing feedback from people saying, I love when you walk to Whole Foods. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Like that's the dumbest thing. How many times do you walk to Whole Foods (laughs) though? Way (laughs) too much, way (laughs) too much. Cause I live like a block and a half from it. Um, but people love it. And like, they, they're like, you know, it's an insight into, into you. And when you give tips and stuff like that, it's just like, you know, people pick up on just like you were talking about earlier, like how I present things, you know? So, Mm -hmm. so people appreciate it. And so for so many different reasons, I, number one, I'm like, I know that I need to be doing it. Yeah, I know I need to be showing up and serving the people. If I want to have as big an impact as I want to have, then I need to be doing these things. And so, and I need to be maybe not comfortable, but at least doing it and showing up on on camera. And so has it gotten easier? Yes. I've also started giving... <laughs> giving less of a crap when i do something like last night for example my wife amy and i walked up to whole foods <laughs> to get to get some food and and i was like i'm gonna bring my phone and we're just gonna share this little I thing you know like it, and it was great and and it was like the first time we did it i was like that was super dumb and i was like but i don't care i'm gonna put it out like she's like totally like just do it like That's but awesome. it's that type of stuff like i had people commenting they're like she's you know because i showed her i showed her pregnant belly and yeah, stuff yeah. <laughs> It was just, you know, just little things like that that people really enjoy seeing. So just remembering that, that like, look, like when I'm feeling nervous, when I'm feeling anxious or this wasn't good enough, just getting it out there. Mm -hmm. But the perfectionism... Look, we're all going to be judged. You know, I, I'm sitting here in this office in, in the co working space. People are judging me walking by, whatever. Like, I can't control that. Like, it's natural. Like, and we do it ourselves to other people. It's a subconscious behavior, right? It's going to happen. So, understanding that we're going to be judged regardless of what we do, we're going to be judged when we just walk down the street, right? So, remembering that is going to make it easier to put our stuff out there. Like, we're going to be judged. We also can't have, a, have an impact on people in the world and do good things if we're hiding, right? So if we're going to hide and not play bigger than ourselves, if you will, we're not going to be able to do that. We're not going to be able to have an impact that we want to have. As far as the anxiety goes, just sort of in general, one thing that – and I literally didn't make this connection until this year. So like very later in my life, like I finally sort of pieced together that I've had this sort of low-level – anxiety throughout my entire life like i remember back in i want to say i want to say it started in like 8th grade 7th 8th grade and i started to worry i worried about everything i li- i remember worrying this sounds so stupid i worried about worrying because i made myself sick and so i would worry of like oh god i don't want to feel like that so i'm going to worry yeah. about that which is yeah. like just, kind of you know, yeah, yeah, that doesn't work very well. <laughs> and, and, you know, I remember my parents sent me to, to talk to, I grew up Catholic and they sent me to a priest to talk to about my anxiety and then my worry. And that didn't do, <laughs> didn't do a whole lot of good. And then, you know, and then things continued like that through high school. And then they got a whole lot better in college, but then just basically throughout life, it was up and down. It was up and down, like feeling better. And I would say, When I left the corporate world to do my own thing, things really accentuated. Like the anxiety really kicked in, you know, because I'm like, wait, I'm not, I don't have a steady paycheck coming in. Like if I'm going to make money, like, and support myself, I have to do it, you know? And one thing I realized after a few years of that is that I have more job security now having my own business than when I was in the corporate world. Because I could show up on a Thursday and they could be like, hey, you're done tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm like uh, what, you know, whereas I control that now. Yeah, and, and so it has been a journey of dealing with that. And I went through some very dark times that, you know, I think, Amy and I talked about it on the podcast mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, I went through some really dark times back like three years ago yeah. in the business where I was just not happy. And I'm like, what am I doing? How am I going to, like figuring this all out? And all that stuff. And I've, I've worked very hard on it yeah. and, um, I have it much better con- under control. It still pops up from time to time for sure. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've, that I've kind of, that's been part of my life for a long time, like much of my life. Yeah, yeah. I realize it's not going to go away overnight and I have, you know, coping mechanisms and stuff like that. It's so much better than it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, look, I've also like, it's the whole cliche of like this life is short, you know, mm-hmm. like, be happy with whatever we're doing or make sure that we're doing something that makes us happy <laughs> and being appreciative and, and gratitude and being grateful for what yeah. we do have. And, you know, I got a pretty good gig. Like our, the business is done very well. I'm, like yeah. like I have super happy with, I have an amazing wife. We have a baby on the way. Yeah. Like I live in San Diego. Like things are good. You know, yeah. I have um, nothing to be complaining about and I have my <laughs> health and And all that stuff. So I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of rambled there, but that's a little bit about my journey through that.
0: And I loved actually something said, the first thing uh, that I really liked about that was that you talked about helping others. And actually, I think if we can come from a place of thinking and, and actually you want a business where you are genuinely helping others, obviously we all want to earn some money and we want to be successful, but actually... I think when I talk to you and Pat and Amy and mm-hmm. Jasmine, all of you and, and me included is coming from a place of, I really genuinely want to help people. If yeah. I exchange that for money, then brilliant. Yep. And actually, when you think about that, that's a great way of then getting, and I'm talking about myself, Rick, not you, over my own ego of, mm-hmm. oh my God, what do I look like? What do I sound like? That was stupid. Yep. Why did you say that? Why did you do yeah. that? Because I have done a million Insta stories of me talking and deleted them and thought, what are you doing? Totally. And it takes so much effort to go and do that because I look at it and think, oh man, you you look like an idiot, you know, you're a fool. But actually, like you said, if I'm doing it to help someone else, then suddenly I can take my ego out of it and think, is this helping them? Yes, then you've got to do it. We're Um, always
1: our own worst critic, right? I mean, we're always, and and what we think... Like oh that was terrible. Other people are like what? No, that was great. Yeah. And and most people like the more human that you are. If you're messing if you're messing up and starting over, people relate to that. Yeah. You know, like the have you talked to Jasmine here in the show?
0: Uh, I'm speaking to her soon. Yeah, yeah. So okay, cool. So wait. so
1: so definitely ask Jasmine about that because she and I have talked about that a lot. Where it's like you can have the the most polished looking video, for example, but then. If you're, you know, just grab your smartphone and just start, you're, you're walking down the street and you start talking to it, holding the coffee, generally... The one where you're just real, walking down the street with your coffee in hand, is going to do better yeah. because it's more relatable to people. And so, even when you're messing up, even when the lighting might be terrible or whatever, you know, like oh, the backdrop sucks. Like, yeah, just yeah. Get, it, get it out there because that is what people—that's what people are going to connect with.
0: And and I remember you're going to whole food <laughs> one because we don't have whole food, and I love whole food. It's amazing. It's the best. So if I lived in well, if I lived in San Diego, that'd be amazing. But if I- I lived over there and had a whole food I'd be going there daily I can assure you so yeah. but it's stuff like that we remember we you know I won't remember every bit of fact figure technical thing that, that you might have told me yeah but I remember things like that I remembered you were having a girl I remember your wife's name and those are the things that actually although you, they might feel a bit frivolous or pointless or mm-hmm. daft, actually they're the stuff that that we resonate with and as humans we connect with don't we
1: yeah. I'm so glad you bring that because I had a hard time. I mean, and it really wasn't until, I mean, probably the last say 10 months yeah. that I didn't talk a whole lot about my, like my personal side, like yeah. my stuff, if you will. And I mean, I definitely wasn't talking about the anxiety and perfectionism. No. Like I, I wasn't talking about that at all. But I mean, I'm talking just even something as simple as like, I go up to Montana three times a year to go fly fishing. You know, yeah. like, like I, I share that stuff. Like you said, Teresa, like, it's it seems frivolous to me. Like, why does anyone care that I'm in a new co-working yeah. space? But yeah. I talked to five different people today and they're like, oh, are you in your new co-working space? Yeah, and I'm yeah. like... Because I shared it on Insta story, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I took two seconds to share it and that is what I'm going through right now. And I shared the reason behind it because we're turning my home office into the baby's room. Like yeah. people, they can connect with that sort of thing. And, and I have found that the more that I've done that, it helps you become more relatable to people. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and just sharing that stuff where I think I'm like, if anybody falls on social media, especially on, Insta- or on Instagram, if you don't see me on Insta stories for several days, it's one of two things. Number one, I'm I'm either sick or yeah. I'm going through a period where I don't think anybody's going to care what I'm doing. Yeah. So like today, for example, is a perfect example, I've done five interviews today between wow. me being on other shows and, and people being on my show. So I've just done an yeah. interview today. I haven't done any Insta stories. Number one, I haven't had a whole time to do it. But at number two, I'm like, this is just my day. Like, this yeah. is what I'm doing. But I'm sure that people would want to know, like, I'll probably after this, I'll probably do a quick Insta story to talk about, hey, I just wrapped up this many interviews and this yeah. is why I did it because I batch, you know, that time into, yeah, a, yeah. into one day. So, you know, it's it's that sort of thing. Like, get yourself out there, talk about things that are personal to you so that people can can connect yeah. with you or relate to you. That's what they
0: love. That is so awesome, Rick. Honestly, yeah. Do you know what? I literally could talk to you all day. (laughs) I have had so much fun. This has been such a great episode. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And I do hope you'll come on again because like I said, there are a million Facebook questions that I could ask. Let's let's do it. And I would love to do maybe something a bit more focused. I just really wanted to get your story across. Totally, you know, get people to understand who you were and things. So, thank thank you, you I appreciate it so much, Rick. And it's been great to have you on the show.
1: Yeah, thanks, Teresa. I appreciate it.
0: So there you have it. There was my interview with Facebook Ads Guru Rick Mulready, and like I said, I really enjoyed talking to Rick. It was such good fun. He is such a nice guy. And I don't know if there's something about that part of the world, but Rick, Amy and Pat all live in San Diego. Crazy, huh? Anyway, they are like the nicest people I've ever met. So I really do hope you enjoyed it. Of course, if you want to find out more about Rick, I will put his links in my show notes. Just go to www.teresaheathwearing.com forward slash 30 and you'll find all the links in there, or just search for him on rickmolready.com, and you'll find him there with all his links and a link to his podcast. Next week's interview is not one to be missed, and it's the final one to round off September. Although, obviously, interviews will be back, I just wanted to fill September with some great interviews. But next week's is such fun. I don't think I've ever laughed so much on an interview, so you'll definitely want to make sure you catch that one. Thank you so much for tuning in as always. And as always, if you are listening to this and you have friends or colleagues or your mum, your nan, I'm not fussy, anybody that you think might like the podcast, then please don't forget to share it with them. I would really appreciate it. And wherever you are, have a great week and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Social Media Marketing Made Simple podcast
1: with Teresa Heath-Waring from TeresaHeathWaring.com.